the Meat Improv! Hello and welcome to the Meat Improv with me, Josh Simpson. And me, Jake Jabor. The Meat is the improv and storytelling podcast where we bring on comedian guests to tell true meaty stories from their lives. And then we use those meaty stories as inspiration for long-form, improvised, comedic scenes. That's right. Um, and before we get started with the show, just a reminder, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash The Meat Improv. We do an extra weekly bonus episode where Jake and I discuss uh, comedy, improv, technique, teaching, all that kind of stuff. Um, and we have a Discord channel, too. So that's patreon.com slash The Meat Improv. Let's get into the show. Um this week, uh, we have two uh, very special guests. Uh, let's start with our first timer. Um, uh, ladies and gents, it's An- Anna Betzaller. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I was nailing that the whole time. God, how are you doing, Anna? I'm good. I'm good. Hi, Anna. Hi. Good to have you on. Um, welcome. Thanks for having me. First yeah. timer. Um, our second guest was last with us at a live show in Philadelphia. Remember live comedy shows, Jake? That was fun. No. <laughs> uh, and was on once before, I believe with Jenny, uh, mm-hmm. Jenny Pearson. Um, uh, Amanda Sicko. Welcome, Amanda. Hey, guys. Hi, Amanda. Uh, good to have you on. <laughs> I also uh, like that the time that I performed with you guys in Philly was just me finding out you were there and glomming on and being like, can I come? <laughs> that <laughs> was great. Me, I'm at my mom and my mother-in-law's house. Can I come? <laughs> I don't know what it is about that kind of thing, but I love it. Like <laughs> I love seeing like being on vacation or something and seeing a friend from home. <laughs> I don't know why it's just like, I totally get it. you were we were happy to have you. I, I think at that point we were like, please <laughs> let's bring on some familiar faces to this. Um, but yeah. Cause you were on right. that insane tour. Yeah. yeah you that was the, us at the tail end of it. That was oh. the second to last stop before our last hour long train trip from Philly to New York for DCM the next day. Oh my God. Oh. We went out for drinks afterwards, right? Yes. I think that's right. Yeah. yeah. Where uh, where did you guys go? I'm I'm from Philadelphia actually. You're from Philly? Yeah. Oh, great. Uh we were it was well it was the show was at the Good Good. The Good Good Comedy Theater. And then we just walked to like a pizza beer place. I don't remember what it was. I called. think it was a chain though. I think it was like a sports bar chain in Philadelphia. Mm. No? Maybe I actually would know it then, but um I feel like do I only know? asked that to say that I'm from Philly. Uh, <laughs> Anna, do you know bars called Patty Wax? Nope. No, my cousin's on those bars. Ooh, that's <laughs> cool. Uh, but that's, yeah, like sports bar, like get your loaded potatoes type yeah. stuff. Yeah. A lot of those in Philly. When was the last time you were back there? Um, well, probably before COVID for the holidays. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like right before COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Snuck oh. a trip in yeah yeah are you thinking of going back um like to visit yeah or yeah i i want to at some point but i'm not going to while cases are spiking yeah i'm doing a doing a friend's giving actually for the first time ever i've never done that you may never do anything different 
once you do it. <laughs> I feel like Thanksgiving's a hot. I went back last year, but before that, it was like 10 years. Like, as soon as yeah, I stayed home for Thanksgiving, I was like, wait a minute, this rules. I don't have to travel. <laughs> I like, I, I had a tradition where I did mushrooms on good or on Black Friday, uh, not at stores or anything. It <laughs> uh, sounds, that would be awful. Take mushrooms and go to a Black Friday, Friday like Nordstrom sale. sale. No. <laughs> yeah. Just watch, just step into hell. Yeah. What's the, uh, of drug experiences like what's the one where you're like oh this is the most inappropriate place that i've done drugs hmm. i don't I mean know. i, I ate a, a <laughs> go ahead no like, you, you a, have an answer i don't i took a theater final on ecstasy <laughs> <laughs> and i i filled a blue book you know remember blue books from yeah. like college so like i filled a blue book and had to go up to the teacher and be like i have more to say can i please have another blue book <laughs> and my essay was more than one blue book long um yeah did well after that experience were you like that was a good use of ecstasy or were you like oh i like no uh, it was like one of those things where i was like living with these two dudes over a summer and they were like this is a good idea like we're bored and i was like but i have a final at 8 a.m and they were like you'll be fine by then you know like one of those things where i was like okay and then um was not fine by that <laughs> i think what they meant to say is you'll be still up <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, i, I I, uh, Anna, please. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, it's not crazy, but I smoked weed and then I, I went to work one time and I was just working at a marketing company and I was like, so confident. Like I was like, wow, like I should smoke more before I do work. Cause I was like, I was focused. I was working quickly. Um, I was cranking it out. I went to sleep that night. I was like, awesome. I woke up the next morning. I had like 20 emails and like everything I had done that day was fucked up. Mm-hmm. Like just a little, <laughs> everything was just like a little wrong. <laughs> and I was just like, I thought I was slaying it. So <laughs> I have um, uh, parallels to both of those. I, I remember getting high at a restaurant I worked at. It was like one of the first times I'd gotten high and definitely the first time I got high at work, I think. And I, it felt like I had put on like, those glasses from that movie they live where the guy can like see that everybody's an alien i was like oh my god everyone at work is high all the time uh (laughs) like once i got high i was like oh i've been working with people who've been stoned uh, constantly like it all clicked into place uh and then i also ate i did the thing that everybody does is like i ate some of a pot cookie and it wasn't working, so I ate more of the pot cookie. And this was at night, uh, and I woke up still high, and I had to go teach the next day. Uh, <laughs> and I was high enough that it didn't occur to me to call in and get a sub. Like, I just went in mm. to teach uh, <laughs> and was, like, not stoned out of my mind, but definitely high enough that I was, like, all these kids know I'm stoned uh, and like trying to probably slightly overcompensate and be extra clear about things, which probably only made me seem more high. Um, <laughs> and those are the were two. They, 
Were they like an age that they could like detect that kind of thing? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, they were in high school and one of the kids like would routinely get suspended for being stoned or selling weed or whatever. Like, uh, I'm sure he knew. Uh, I'm sure uh, he 1000% was like, oh, Mr. Jabor got his high. (laughs) (laughs) I navigated the school day and then hid out in my classroom with the lights off uh, when I had a planning period. Uh, Because I was like, if the kids see I'm high, whatever. But I was like, if another teacher is like, he's stoned, I'm going to. That scared me more. That was more terrifying. (laughs) When I worked in my very first office job, it was like a sales company. So everyone was really young and all the girls would go to lunch together every day. And we just started like drinking at lunch. Like it was like, became like, this is what we do. We just like pound like margaritas and then head back to the office like every day. And then one day, like it it wasn't the type of job, like I was like an office, like I created contracts for leasing, like not like a personal (laughs) assistant by any means. And one day we come back and I'm wasted. And my fucking boss just comes up to me and goes, I need you to take my car in to get its tires changed and just hands me his keys. And I'm like, I either have to like admit that I'm drunk at work and be like, I can't drive your car (laughs) or just be like, bucket and so i just was like i'm gonna take my chances and like drive this mercedes right now. Like, i was like 22 years old just like all right dude and it was so weird because it was like he knew it was like an inappropriate ask but i think he was just like well i know that you're free or it was very crazy just to be like i can't believe that i like drunk drove Whoa. my boss's car on company time and like was just <laughs> like whatever man Dude, I, I had a very similar situation. I After a party, my dad picked me up and I was learning to drive at the time. So I was like probably like 15 or 16 and I was like fucked up. And he was like, hey, like, why don't you drive at home and like get an extra practice in? And I was so fucked up. I was like, this is a test. And, <laughs> and so I was like, okay. And I did it and I got out of the car and I was like, what? He's an idiot to not have recognized that. Oh. <clears throat> wow. A party? Uh, <laughs> I feel, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I haven't really been had any jobs that were too important where I couldn't be high. <laughs> I never like, taught kids or worked. In a, um, uh, I did get too high once on an airplane, uh, and I, it was like when I was moving. Not when I was moving. It was when I was going home for the holidays. It was like December twenty third. Uh, I went to a park and ride that was full. So like I was totally screwed. I was really late. I ate the chocolate on the way to the park and ride. And then like I was delayed by like 45 minutes. Uh, I like missed my bus and then they had to wait for the new one. And then like, I was just like late, like (laughs) to the airport, to the airport. So I'm like getting high on this, like it's kicking in on this bus. I'm like getting to the airport line. Of course it's fucking busy. And I, I did a thing that I, I'm ashamed to admit I've done more than once where like when you know, you're going to be late for an airplane, you just go up to the airport worker and you go, I'm not going to make this if you don't help me out here. <laughs> and they'll do it in more than one country. I did it in I did it in Thailand actually. Uh, uh, and like they just like escorted me through. I like got to the plane as it was closing down and I was so high on the airplane that like I literally just leaned forward in my seat, closed my eyes and covered like my eyes with my hands. <laughs>
I'm I'm not going to make this flight if you don't uh, help me right now. I'm so sorry to do this and like use my privilege, but I just uh, I can't make this flight. Um, what did you mean your privilege? <laughs> it just uh, look at I, I know it's like a weird time in our country and I'm a white woman. And okay. so it's insane for me to walk, just walk up to a person of authority and be like, hey, let me do what I want to do. Like, I recognize my own privilege in this moment. But I just want to tell you that if I don't make this, like, if I don't get you to walk me to the front of the line, I'm not going to make this flight. That's interesting because I didn't clock the white woman thing when you made the request. Um, you didn't you didn't see that I'm a white woman? No, I did, but I didn't consider it as part of your request because people are late all the time. Um, but now you have me asking myself if I was more receptive to you because of an unconscious bias I may have had. We hear an announcement. <sighs> Final boarding call to... Wisconsin. That's my flight. I mean, just alone that I'm going to Wisconsin can prove to you I am a white woman. All right. And I, I I don't want to make an assumptions about you. I can just tell by looking at you that you're a white male. And I don't want you to think that, oh, I just chose a white male to walk up to. I clearly saw your uniform. I clearly saw that you work for this airline and that's why I approached you. Ah, uh, uh, gosh, people are friendly to me when they ask me stuff. <laughs> You think it's because, you know, I am Italian. I don't know if that counts for anything. I don't think, to be honest, Italian is technically white. Like, for, you know, and just your well, eyes are lighter. Of, it's, okay. yeah, it's, we can't get into the that's dark. That's a can of Italians. But <laughs> what I do want to point out, though, is I also don't know if you know this, but you're over six feet tall. So just the fact that you're an imposing white male force just gives you authority over everyone else in this airport. So you must be serious because I, yeah, I didn't think of it as I do have some authority, but you must be very serious when you come to ask me because you're getting over the intimidation you'd feel asking, huh? Well, I also feel a kinship to you because we're, we're <laughs> both white. So it's Whoa! I, I know, I know, I know. It's awful. I don't want to use my privilege, and I understand that we're in an awful time, and it's time that everyone starts making the reparations that need to happen in order to heal this country. But I really want to make this flight. Oh, now you've put me in a weird spot. <sighs> I wish you wouldn't have mentioned any of that. If you just said, can you let me on the other side of this little, uh, the, I want to say. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Like retractable rope. The retractable rope uh, separator. If, if you just asked me that, I would have let you right through. But now I'm but here's the problem. absolutely reeling in this year well, yes, of 2020. If I don't say anything, <laughs> then we're just living in a world where this just keeps happening over and over. So my first step is to acknowledge it. And I'm acknowledging we are both white. I'm late. And the only reason you're going to let me through is because I'm a white woman and you're a white male. And that way we feel like at some point we probably may have been related. I don't know. But I do know that there is a kinship between you and I that I maybe don't have with someone else who works at this airport, you know? Like Whoa, are you going to let her go ahead? Are you going to let her cut the line? Um... I, I'm I'm still kind of thinking it through. She's going to miss her flight if if she I'm doesn't. I'm sorry, sir. Would you mind just answering a question for me? Sure. Can you tell me what your ethnic background is? <laughs> well, I'm a bit of a uh, you know. I'm you don't have to answer that. 
I'm primarily white, um, uh, but I'm a quarter Lebanese. Does that count for anything? Well, I mean, I'm going to ask <sighs> you. You're the one who works here. Uh, I don't know. I don't I know. I mean, we can all afford the <laughs> luxury of flight. So I don't know if anybody is more privileged in this line than anybody else. You know, yeah. I don't like the way you're speaking to her, to be quite honest with you, sir. Careful with those big hands, pal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I feel like I can wield these big hands to you. Um, a 75% white, 25% Lebanese man. And Ma'am, if you yep. would like to raise your hands to him as well, I don't want you to take my hands being raised as a sign that your hands can't. Um, we can I, all lay hands on this bastard. Again, <laughs> I don't want to cause any trouble here. I just <laughs> want to tell you that as a white woman, I am late for my flight. This man, who is a quarter Lebanese, I believe he said, mm-hmm. Mr. Lebanese, he, he, I'm not, again, he clearly is here with his family. I can see there's your wife and two kids standing behind you. Yes. They're not primarily white. They are not. No, they are not. Oh, <laughs> we see uh, we see another person walk by like uh, with their hands in their pockets, just kind of like trying to slip by Josh. <laughs> I'm just going to I'll just get through. Yeah, whoa, whoa, there. whoa, whoa. <laughs> Identify. <laughs> Sorry, you guys were just you were talking and I thought maybe I could just slip through. I I uh I don't Are you I don't, late? Yeah, sure. I'm late. I'm uh okay, I'll tell you I, I, I have drugs in my pockets and you guys were talking for so long about white privilege. I thought I could just slip by. Fucking how did I turn myself in? Um well to be honest with you. I, you haven't, um, because I know that traditionally drugs uh, and, and and drug related crimes uh, have been unfair um, to those perpetrating them, and you know some would say unfair. I don't even know why I'm saying crime. So it's not a crime. Um, so, okay. I'm are you just yes? Keep. I'm going to keep moving then in that case. I just want to point out really quickly. Yes. This girl does look white. Okay. Now, if you want to white. That's not fair to say. Okay. I'm sorry. Miss. We see this has suddenly turned into they're all sitting around like a Charlie Rose style table. (laughs) (laughs) Sitting tapping like pens and pads. So by letting her go through, (laughs) don't you understand that you now just let another white kid commit a crime? Whereas me, a white woman, ended up missing her flight. You've just perpetuated the systemic beliefs that we all have that we are white privileged. Whew. Well, this, hmm. I'm going to ruminate on that. We'll come back from this commercial break. Uh, now a word from Folgers. <clears throat> Whew. All right. that was a good segment good job everybody um you missed your flight it left three hours ago um uh cool is someone gonna drive me from the studio back to the airport (laughs) somebody going to drive you all right 
right, let's get into the meat part of the podcast, the part where a guest shares a true meaty story from their life. Um, Anna, you're up first. What would you like to talk about? I am going to tell a story about um, a party getting busted in high school. Cool. Have you guys heard like a million of those? <laughs> no. Um, there's been p- high school party stories, but not go for it. No. Um, yeah. So I was like a sophomore. I was like 16 and, um, I got invited, like me and my friends went to a party that a senior was having, which was like kind of, you know, it was exciting. And, uh, it was on this like huge property. Um, this really wealthy kid, his parents owned like this huge property and they had two houses, one for the dad and one for the mom um, because they were going through a like gnarly divorce and the dad's house was hosting this party and um, the mom called the cops on the party at the dad's (laughs) house to to get leverage in their divorce, which is like, that's like cruel. Yeah. But was the dad home? (laughs) Yeah. Oh (laughs) yeah. Okay. I mean, he was like, yeah, but it was like the route of like, I'm going to be the cool dad. Yeah. She was like, I'm going to get you in trouble for being the cool dad. Yeah. In like monster trouble too. I feel like, cause uh, like, obviously we're all underage and whatnot, but um, yeah, we were at the party and uh, like, I heard a knock on the door. And so I like went and answered it and it was two cops that were like, Get against you the wall. Answered it. Why did you I answered answer it because I didn't know. I thought it was like another guest. I was like, "Ooh, yeah, I'm feeling myself. I'll let them in." And so I let the cops in. They looked at me. They were like, "Get against the wall." I was like, "Nope," and turned around and just like screamed to the whole party, "Like cops are here!" And I started sprinting. And this was like <laughs> this house was like huge, which I. I didn't think that would be my reaction to, to seeing a cop. Like (laughs) would be to be cool. I I would have crumbled. I would have thought that that's what I would do, but I (laughs) just, yeah. Knee jerk reaction, run and tell everyone. Um, Let me ask you a quick question before you go. Cause I know high school parties, at least in my experience, like uh, they can, there can be a range of, like I had parties in high school, it was probably like 15 people, 15, 20 people, but it never got like too big. But then I went to some parties at other schools and like they would be at like hundreds of people or something. Where, where are we talking on this scale? Intimate. This is, intimate. I went to a really small high school. We probably had like 60 people at each grade. Oh, okay. Oh. So, yeah. So this was like, yeah, it was probably like 30 people maybe, but okay that was considered like, this was like a real party. Like, it, yeah, it was not like a X, I don't know, project X type party. <laughs> I've only went to go like two of those in my whole life. So yeah, it was okay. like, it was like, yeah, it, my high school was also a lot of like smoking weed and like chatting and like, it wasn't like tss, tss, tss type of thing. <laughs> okay. So, um, so you weren't really going to get lost in the crowd here. <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. And also it was like, it was like 1030. The party had just started. So everybody was also like pretty sober and like whatever. So I'm like sprinting through and, uh, and I kind of get these people that I think when people start running, like, I guess similar to you chasing Chrissy Teigen, like people just kind of started following me 
and we're also running. But the house was like this like crazy mansion. So we were like, we're going to hide in the house. Like we couldn't leave. But we, so we sprint, sprint, sprint. And as we're going through the party, like we're picking up more and more people. Uh, all of a sudden we find a closet to hide in and we like, I, we open the closet. We all like kind of get in and we realize like we're too many to fit. There's like eight or nine people at this point. Uh, so we're like, we have to find a new spot. We have to find a new spot. And uh, one girl in the group who's like the quintessential like high school, like perfect student. Uh, she's like, you know, like did choir and lacrosse and soccer and like, I don't know, like mathlete type shit. She, she turns to us and she's a senior. So she just found out where she got into college. She turns to us. She goes over to the window. It's a two story. We're two stories up. She opens the window and she turns back and she goes, I'm going to fucking Yale. I'm not getting arrested tonight. Jumped out the window. (laughs) Did she make it? I was like, that's, you're going to a good school, but that's dumb. (laughs) She made it. She was fine. I, I kind of like. I was blown away by that. Yeah, she was totally fine. So then anyway, like long story short, like we all find a bathroom to hide in and then we end up staying in that bathroom for like probably like six or seven hours. (gasps) And how we all acted while we were in that bathroom became insane, like so quickly. Like it's kind of a... Like, the, do you, have you guys heard of the, like, the Stanford? That's exactly what I said, the Stanford prison experiment. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, everybody's, like, weird side came out within, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> and I, like, I didn't like myself in there. I was, like, <laughs> I was, like, all right, guys, we, we, we thought that we had to be, like, super, super quiet, um, which kind of made sense. But also, we were in a mansion, and we were, like, really far away from wherever the the cops were. Um, so we like, yeah, we started to believe that like, if we made even a peep, the cops would find us and everyone, we created this insane narrative that if the police found us, they would arrest us, which meant that we had to tell our colleges, which I was, I was not in college, but uh, a lot of them had just gotten into college and they thought they were going to have to tell their colleges they got arrested and then no one could go to college anymore. So that was the reality that we were living in. Which isn't accurate at all. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think once you're in, <laughs> you're good. I mean, they can't be good. like they can't be like, oh, you got arrested, you can't come to college. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, but that was, yeah, that was the stakes, and that oh. felt like life or death for these kids. Um, but yeah, we were just stuck in that bathroom for so long, and uh, yeah, we started to think that like any sound would get us in trouble. And these two girls had just smoked for the first time ever, (laughs) like 20 minutes before. And they got into the bathroom and they fucking panicked. And we were like, you know what? Like you guys, you guys can't make a noise. If you're going to make a noise, you gotta go turn yourself in. Because the rest of us, we, we, we are eight people here and you're going to get us all in trouble. Or you're going to get just yourselves in trouble. And they were like, no, let us stay. Let us stay. And we were like, okay, you can stay. And they were like, but we really need water. Like their mouth was like, they were having dry mouth and they were panicking. And so what we, we like, let them have water. That's kind of the world we're in now <laughs> by turning the faucet on, cupping it in their hands. And they had to sip it. They had to sip it quietly too. So they were like, <laughs> we were all watching 
<laughs> and then they would like make like a slurping sound. And we'd be like, dude, like you will be, we will put you out there. <laughs> um, there was like a couple other, yeah. Like weird things that happened while we were in the bathroom. Um, one guy's phone kept going off and we like, he had to take his pants off, put it in the pocket and like tie it up and put it in a closet. Cause he like said that he couldn't make the sound stop. <laughs> coming out. And we were like, Oh, this is perfect. That'll, that'll fix the sound. And, and then at one point we like kind of thought we could leave. It had been like four or five hours. We were getting texts. <laughs> <That's> so long. <laughs> What were the police doing for that long? Like well, I'm so confused. Because we were we we could text we could text people who were on the outside, and we were getting updates. The police were taking their time. They were really kind of hanging out there and like waiting for people. I think they knew people were hiding in the mansion, but they didn't want to look, so they were just waiting it out. And we were like not going to lose that waiting game. So about four or five hours later. We uh, were like, okay, I think we can all like go out there. At this point, this group of people are like tight. Like we're like, we hate each other, but we also like, we only know each other at this point. This is our world. And uh, we're like about to leave. And then we hear footsteps and we look under the like crack in the bathroom and there's like someone walking around and we're like, that's the cops. That's the cops. We're all like dead quiet. And then that the footsteps leave. And now that I actually say that out loud there's no way that we knew it was a cop but that kept us in the bathroom for another three hours <laughs> and we didn't we didn't believe people who were like the cops left and we were like nah dude they're they're hiding in here <laughs> um, but yeah to 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 bring <laughs> to bring it home the girls who got who drank the water, then they had to pee, right? Because at this point it had been so long. And they were like, one of them was like, I have to pee. It's fine that everyone's going to watch me. Like, I'm going to go in front of everyone, but like, this is what's happening. And we were all like, no, your pee is going to make too much noise. And then we're all going to get arrested and no one's going to go to college. And so we were like, you have to pee on a towel in the, shower <laughs> so that it doesn't make any noise and the girl was like okay this is like this is where we're at and she did it and like oh god it was so it was like heartbreaking but like probably like 10 minutes later someone knocked on the door and was like you guys can all come out and we looked at her and we were like i am so sorry for what just <laughs> happened to you <laughs> that's traumatizing um and then we were like free and everybody, and we, we were all like buddies after that. We went to Wawa and got a hoagie. It's a Philly, <laughs> there's, there's a Philly sentence for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I got home and I, uh, I, I like checked in with some of my other friends and, and, and most of them got like written up and were home by like 11 and they had to do like a little community service. And I was like, Oh, I was like, I was in a fucking bathroom. Like my life depended on it. And they were like, yeah, it wasn't that big of a deal, dude. <laughs> wow. How late were you there? Do you think? Till like five in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Where was the dad? The like dad was probably talking to the police. I have no idea. I, gar I guarantee you those footsteps you heard was the dad being like, there's still kids here. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, he got fucked because he had to pay like $10,000 for each kid that was 
written up that was under 21. What? Yeah. No. Really? Yeah. That's like, that's like, I don't know if it's a Pennsylvania thing or something, but that's like. I know that's the way it would be if like an underage kid was caught in your bar. Yeah. So that makes sense because it's your house. So I think you're responsible. Um, and so, yeah, I wonder what happened with their divorce. If this fucked up his. All that money she was fighting for went to the drunk kid. Holy <laughs> that shit. on her. Yeah. <laughs> That is, that is so much money. That's worse than a DUI. Yeah, I think a a DUI costs you like seven to ten, right? I think think so. Yeah, I'm just going by billboards. Thank God, billboards. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh. Yeah, and there was a good amount. I mean, I think they wrote up like probably like 15 kids. Wow. I mean, how? I guess it's a mansion. You think? I wonder if, if you pull up to a mansion, <laughs> and there's a party like that. I guess you. I mean, they the like, police also like went hard on it. Like there was like ten cop cars. I was like, there's more police here than people at the party. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, do you remember? Like, were you partying with the dad, or was it a situation where like the dad was in like another room and just kind of like turning a blind eye to it, or? Yeah, I think it was like turning a blind eye. Yeah, I've been at a couple of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was like he was he was like doing his own thing, but like knew she was going to have a party, I think. Gotcha. Probably trying to be a cool dad. <laughs> uh, or maybe she said it was just like a few friends or something like that. And then like had more people or something. Yeah, that makes sense. But I've been at a couple. I remember being at one person's house. To be honest with you, actually in high school, my house was the party house, but my parents were never home. Mm. And then we had one friend who her parents would let us party in the basement, but it would only be like 10 of us at most. And it was like, it was pretty, I, I don't know. I actually kind of respected it in a way. I was like, well, we're not getting in trouble here. Like we're, you know. I had some, some of my friends' parents were like, their philosophy was like, I'd rather it happen under my roof. Like, yeah. as opposed to like going and getting drunk somewhere random. But then when this happened, the whole school knew about it. And again, a small school. And so all the parents stopped doing that. Like, it's okay under my roof because they were like, this is a fucking expensive. (laughs) I'd rather my kids get drunk somewhere random. Yeah. I went to one party in high school where it was like the parents were there and they were like partaking. And I remember being like, this is fucking, this is a whole different (laughs) ballgame. I'm getting high with the dad and the watching scooby-doo this can't this isn't totally <laughs> kosher I, uh, well i'm glad you made it yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it ended up having like zero consequences on most people's life um yeah. it was an intense hours though <laughs> i honestly it worked out well for me because i was like 16 and i was like hanging with the seniors i was kind of like uh, you know Cause I wasn't, I was like, everyone was getting really anxious and I was like kind of an anxious kid. So I was like, Oh, I know this world, like <laughs> sit down, have some water, breathe. Yeah, uh, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know this. You can only drink out of the sink and piss yeah. on towels.
Okay, you guys, no one panic, no one panic. Um, I just got word that there's actually just a small, it's under contained, but a small fire in the parking structure. So they just want us all to stay in the conference room until that's taken care of. So you guys just wouldn't mind, just chill out for a little while while we got that under control, okay? Uh, uh, what kind of fire? Uh, not. Sh- I think it started in a trash can. I'm not 100 percent sure. What? Oh um, my god! <clears throat> I'm sorry. Is that a big deal? Or <laughs> well, that just opens a world of possibilities. It could be a group of hobos. It could be a errant cigarette. It could. I thought it was just like maybe like a. Okay. Don't worry about it. Like I said, they said they'll have it cleared out soon. You guys can all leave the meeting. Um, Kara went and got us some pastries. So there's a little bit of food there. And there's also a Keurig in the corner if you need any coffee. Okay. Hey, Kara. Yeah. Kara. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just putting some clues together here. <laughs> uh, how did you know this was going to happen? Uh, suddenly you're a pastry chef. You bring in all the pastries. You anticipated we were going to be in the conference room for a little longer than that. I was, I I was just bringing in some snacks for the meeting, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I had no idea this would happen, but you know, obviously everyone's welcome to one, you know, then we'll go to two. There's some leftover. Well, somebody knew close the fucking door. (laughs) (laughs) You want the door closed? Close the door. Close Uh, the door. Okay. All right. I have a feeling this is an inside job. Uh, Mr. Simpson, I can assure you, (laughs) it's not an inside job. We just happen to have a random fire in the building. Uh, There's also, we're not the only office in this building. You know, there's Capitol upstairs. Is Capitol going to hear about this? I think each office was notified about the fires. Just- I interviewed a Capitol. I can't be. I can't be connected to this. You guys got to get me out of here. <laughs> what? You interviewed a Capitol? <laughs> yeah, I interviewed a Capitol. They got great benefits, and I can't be. I, I can't do this. I, I, number one suspect. <laughs> He's trying to cross the window. I grab his shorts. <laughs> oh no, you don't. Oh no, you don't. No, <laughs> grabs him by his belt. <laughs> Congratulations, you're the number one suspect. I had nothing to do with this. I'm trying to, I'm trying to move up the corporate ladder up to capital. Oh, so what better reason to get a go up the ladder than to start a small fire in the group parking lot? Maybe you're hoping to uh, to go commiserate with some more of your new coworkers. Oh, or, to- or maybe Karen heard that I was moving on up, and so she framed me. Karen, Karen, Jake. No, I actually had no idea that you interviewed a capital, and I don't want to sound overbearing in this moment, but I also interviewed a capital. Were you going in for the VP position? Yes, I was going in for the VP position. I uh, I can't be associated with this. This is unbelievable. From here on out, there's uh, the Jakes and the Karens. Jakes wear take their shirts off, and we get this side of the office building, the <laughs> conference room, and Karens get the other side of the office building. Kara, Kara, you're my assistant, and put your shirt back on, Kara. Put your shirt back on. It's inappropriate. I'm on a Jake side. I'm on a Jake side. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, Mr. Simpson, are you a Karen or a Jay? I don't know what to believe. <laughs> I think that Karen, it's all kind of working out here. You're both interviewing for the VP position, by the way. <sighs> I, I mean, I was doing it discreetly. I was doing it as just taking a chance on another opportunity. If it worked out, it worked out. If it didn't, I'm more than happy here. Well, we're going to have to divide this room into thirds because I don't trust either of you backstabbing, VP interviewing, capital groveling, wannabes any longer. I, 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 I know it was a long shot, but I did throw my name into the VP position as well. I don't Kara? know. <laughs> Where the fuck was this posted? How does this everybody know about this except me? <laughs> This is unbelievable. All right. I'll tell you what, Kara. I will. You know how she knew. She know how she knew. She's my assistant. She was the one who sent my application in. Kara, wow. That's yeah. business work for this. That's business work for B&B, which is this business. She's your assistant for this business. She can't be doing your capital work. I take off my belt. All right. Everyone stand back. Ja, ja. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Everyone's got their belt off. They're all ja, ripping ja. at the side. <laughs> ja, ja. <laughs> Give me more right. of those pastries. I'm getting peckish. Those aren't your pastries. <laughs> Oh, well, they're not yours either because you got a foot out the door to capital. I'm the only B&B loyalist here, and I will have you know these were bought on the company dime, and I get extras first. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Simpson, put that pastry down. How dare you? How dare you? Just look at we yourself. See out the window. At yourself. We see out the window the rest of the employees have gone back to work and are just like... Sha-sha! <laughs> <laughs> Take your fucking shirt off or leave it on, but don't keep it halfway up, Karen. This is the way... It, yeah, Karen, you gotta make a side. Shirts on or shirts off? <laughs> I'm a shirts on side, obviously. I'm a Karen, but I am going to take my pants off. You know why? Because then I can use them to bind all three of you guys together. Because I don't trust any of you. Here. Yeah. Well, I'll be. You can't bind me if I beat you to it. I get butt naked. Wait. Put down the butter. He's greasing himself up with the butter so we can't. Good luck holding me. I try to get, and I have a gun under the conference table. What? What? No, Mister This buttery gun. We open in like a military prison. Uh, uh, th- two two U.S. soldiers get like thrown in and strapped uh, to a chair. Uh, there's other people in there already. <clears throat> well, home sweet home. <sighs> Is this your first time uh, getting getting captured? Uh, getting captured in war. Me? This is your first time? Yeah. Uh, no. Oh, it's not? I'm <laughs> no, sorry, you just looked a little nervous. Oh, did I? Yeah. No, man, I'm cool as a cucumber. <laughs> yeah, me too. This is actually kind of where I thrive. Um, uh, uh. Um, let me ask you something. Did you did you uh, do any pre-callousing of your nipples or anything for when they're trying to put the clamps on there? Or... Yeah, I did some pre-callus. I did some pre-callus. You know, I'm not going to lie. 
Okay. Yeah. So you're a little more you're a little, a little more prepared yeah. than I thought. Did you uh did you drink some acidic fluids to maybe callous up your throat a little bit? Um you know, I thought about that, but my my throat is actually kind of already um you're used to foreign objects. Leather. What what'd you yeah. say? You're used to foreign objects? Yeah, I can put anything in my throat. Oh. Uh. Huh. Okay. <laughs> we uh we cut outside the door to the two guards. I'm freaking out. This is my first time with captives. Oh shit, dude. I was hoping you had done it before. I haven't. You haven't done it before? No, I've only watched the training videos and they were so confusing. Oh my god, what if they don't give up any information? No, Larry's gonna be so mad if we can't get at least a name. We cut back in. So how your to- your your toenails like what do you mean toenails? They're gone. You get... <laughs> oh, you took them off already? Yeah, I removed those years ago. Come on, man. Well, that's a bold move. Uh, I like to give them something to toy with before they get to the good stuff. But yeah, I sure. I guess you want to invite them right on into whatever kind of... Is your penis still just one penis? <laughs> Is my penis... <laughs> Don't insult me to my face like that. No, my penis has been filleted into several strips. Okay. I... Um pre filleted I did fold it back together. Uh, I don't know how to give you a good idea of this. Can you imagine cutting a hot dog lengthwise like six times, like into hexagons? Yeah, like they do in Afghanistan. Yep, you got it. Yep. <laughs> yep. We cut back outside, and the two guards have cut up a couple of hot dogs into different for- things. Should we cut a penis like this, or maybe like this one? <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, I love the vertical technique, but I, I don't know. A, a horizontal cut, it could be more painful. We cut back That's in. True. You know what's fun? Something what's I've that? done. They've actually taken long spaghetti when it's still hard, and they'll stick it through my penis. <laughs> then when they boil it, the noodles hang out. It looks like little... Uh, <laughs> Big octopuses. That's a fun one. That's a fun one. That's that's a Chinese special. Yeah. Okay. Why don't you? China? Why don't you uh, soldier explain uh, <laughs> penis spaghetti to me? Okay. The octa okay. octa penis or whatever. Yeah, right. I've been there. Okay. You know what's it? <laughs> What'd you say? So I want to hear the story of how you ended up in here. Uh, well, I was uh, I was flying over uh, the hills of. Uh, Pakistan. Uh, I was looking for um, <clears throat> little Taliban hideouts. You know, ever since we got Bin Laden, there uh, it's been a little more of a scattered search for the other leaders of the Taliban. Huh. Um, so uh, I kind of did a believable little nosedive uh, over over the over the valley there, uh, and I uh, broke my own leg. Um, uh, I was unscathed in the actual plane crash. I broke my own leg and waited for um, for soldiers to arrive. Wow! Um, just to warm up a little bit, I uh, I <laughs> I uh, sat on a I I brought a golf club and I yeah. sat on a golf club. Uh, Did you play? Yeah, I played 18 holes. Good. Um, it well took them a while to find me, but yeah, I actually did three under par. So. I, did, did, you shoot, did you shoot? Did you, did you golf at all? I, I don't even Actually, ask how no. you got here. I imagine no, no, you tripped no. over your own. I mean, I've done, I've done the plane flying thing before. I actually, for the last three years, have been living as a Pakistani dog. What? I, I infiltrated their military and waited for the right moment to finally attack their general. And it was only then that they blew my cover and realized I wasn't actually a dog. I was human. 
been in here ever since. And to be honest, I feel like I'm getting better treated now than I was when I was a dog, you know? <laughs> they fucking hate dogs in Pakistan. <laughs> we cut back out. Okay, well, now that we ate those hot dogs, I'm full, but I don't feel any better about it. <laughs> okay, but you, we might need to make ourselves throw up because we do have to figure out this pasta thing. And we're going to need to put it down. <laughs> That's right. We've got to, we're boiling this pasta. Uh, look, as long as we're on the same page, okay? We go in there and we just have a united front, okay? okay. Full bellies, united front. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. I sit down on a golf club accidentally. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, what happened? I sit down on his lap and the golf club goes through me too. No! <laughs> okay. All right. Be cool. Okay. We just uh, 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 shish kebabbed ourselves with a golf club. <laughs> okay. Maybe they won't notice. Maybe they won't notice. They waddle okay. in. They waddle into the room, shish kebabbed on a golf club. <laughs> Oh, looks like we got some undercover agents here. Okay. <laughs> wink, wink. How is it? Look, what what do you have to tell us? What do you have to tell us? Uh, no, no. You tell us. Yeah, we're not telling you. I'm not telling you anything. Although my partner here, I think... Uh, uh, she probably sings like a bird. If, if I wolf. Wolf. <laughs> oh, no, we let a dog get here again. Okay, and there. Unlock the bathroom door. See? Told you I could get you out of there. Not a big deal, huh? You're in there 15 uh. minutes. Hey, Dad? Yeah? I think I might not be the same person coming out as I was going in. Smells like piss in here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do you mean you weren't the same person? You were locked in the bathroom for 15 minutes. We see on the wall of the bathroom there's shit that spells out (laughs) help (laughs) and a little map of the bathroom. (laughs) Good Lord, I don't know if I should be alarmed that your poop doesn't smell or that your piss smells that bad. Oh, how did I not see that? Dad, did you ever see that movie that was um, uh, about the Marquis de Sade? (laughs) And, you know, they were locking him up because they thought his stories were so dirty, but then he... He would just write dirtier and dirtier stories and become more and more depraved. And then he eventually started writing all of his tales and his own shit on his cell. Yeah. Did you Marquis de Sade this place? <laughs> yeah, I Marquis de Sade this bathroom. I'm so sorry. The go- goddamn just- window was open. You could have climbed out the fucking window. <laughs> I know. But do you ever sometimes think... <laughs> I want to be a dark, depraved person. No, we cut no, to I a deli. <laughs> we cut to Amanda waiting at a deli. Uh, number forty-two. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's me. What the hell happened? Um, this- <laughs> did you ever see the movie, the Marquis Desaad movie, where it's um, 
I have to be honest. I don't know. You don't know? No. Okay. Um, the Marquis de Sade was this famous author who like wrote very fucked up things like, you know, like carving holes into people and then fucking them and stuff. Like, um, and uh, that's kind of just what I just did to your deli while you were making my hoagie. Um, you know, you were just taking it a little long and I just had a lot of pent up energy. I'm so sorry. What the hell? <laughs> you smeared shit all over the display case. Yeah. Um, I just want to, can I just, before you go any further, can I just double check that you didn't do mayo? You just did the oil and vinegar. It said light mayo. No, no, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. You're going to have to make another sandwich. I'm not making you anything. You're not welcome in here. You put your human, you spelled out help and human shit over our pasta salads. Well, to be honest, that the rigatoni one's empty. You do need that help. That is a good catch. To, thank you. If you could just bake me another sandwich, I promise by the time you're finished, perhaps I could write you a really deprived tale. I don't want a deprived tale. <laughs> Why the hell? You don't. I, you don't want to embrace your dark side to see how dark it can get. I I work at a deli. Okay, I'm just working here from eight a.m. to four p.m. and then I go home and I. <laughs> I make I make love to my wife. I don't. <laughs> I don't. That's Why my are you routine. shaking your head when you say that? Like, like that's not what you want your life to be. You want to know a dark tale? You work in the meat industry. You think you, you think you got a dark life? Oh, woe is you. What time is it? Two thirty. You don't have a regular job. You just rolled in here. At, probably rolled out of bed, came in here, ordered a sandwich from the meat counter, and now you want to tell me some sob story about how you like to cut holes in your own body or whatever the hell you said. You know what? You want to know darkness? Try working nine to five for twenty years and having sex with the same woman that whole time. Huh? Is that what? <laughs> Huh? 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 <laughs> to be fair, sir, I'm a 14 year old girl, but I do. Oh I understand. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't it's have a, said no, that. No, I understand. No, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I'm telling you, sir, right now, I'm telling you, if you take a shit and just dip your fingers in it and write something on the wall, you'll feel so much better. <laughs> we cut to Amanda uh, at school getting pulled into the principal's office. Um, yeah, can you? Just take a seat here. Sure. So obviously we have to address um, what you did to the science classroom. Mm. And then I, I do want to say you, you are definitely in trouble. Shit on the wall. Not okay. What you made, the art that you made, the choices you decided to go with, those did fascinate me. Thank you. We're worried, though. <laughs> can I, before you go any further, Principal, can I ask maybe just the reason you might appreciate it is because you might have pieces like that of your own? Pieces of poop or art? Both. No, not together, I don't. And that's exactly what we want to talk to you about. Just shit. Just please, just please, 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 please. Stop putting your shit on the wall at school. That's okay. all. That's easy. Okay. 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 I go home to my wife every day. I have sex with her. I make love with her. Uh-huh. I don't like it, but I do it every day. Uh-huh. And that's what this world is. That's what darkness really is. Okay. But don't you understand if you write 
with shit on the walls. You don't have to fuck that woman every day. Because she would leave me? <laughs> Maybe. But I can tell you right now, your life will be different if tonight when you go home, if you write a message to your wife in the wall and shit, your your world will change. <laughs> we to, go, go ahead, Jake. We cut to uh, Anna's house. The wife gets home. <clears throat> Honey, I'm home. Long day. Mm-hmm. How are you? Yeah. I'm okay. I Long day for me, too. What is this? This is shit on the wall. Okay. And I know I might lose you a little bit, but I want you to stay with me here. Okay. What's it say? It says, uh, embrace. <laughs> Sexy, right? If if you think this is going to get you out of fucking me, you've got another thing coming. Damn it. I worked a 14-hour shift in a fucking meat plant. And the only thing that was getting me through that day was coming home and making love to my miserable partner. So I don't care if you cover our house and shit. We're going into that bedroom and we're going to have sad, sad sex. Let's get back to the meat part of the podcast where a guest shares a true meaty story from their life. Amanda, you are up. What would you like to talk about? <laughs> um, I feel like I talk about my kids a lot, but let's talk about my kids. <laughs> I think it's been um, a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So uh, the hard thing about parenting is like, there really is no like, you know, a person to tell you like how to do it and stuff. And so you kind of like make these like very split second like parenting decisions and um my four-year-old girl like she started saying fuck all the time (laughs) and like and in like a split moment I was just like I told her I was like Darby you can say fuck as much as you want in the house like I don't think it's a bad word but some people think it's a bad word so like you can say it here as much as you want you can say whatever you want to say in the house but like that's it you know, and like, I'm always scared. Like, is it going to come up? Like she just zoom preschool and all this kind of stuff. And so she just says it like she swears all the time. Um, and <laughs> it's usually like in the right context and stuff. And so like, but she'll make it weird. Like, so for her thing is like, if she gets hurt, she'll say fuck crazy. So like, <laughs> she'll like stub her toe and then just be like, fuck crazy, fuck crazy. And then the other day <laughs> we were driving home. Like we had gone to dinner at my brother's house to like celebrate Biden winning and, and we're coming home and I have like a one-year-old too. And the one-year-old is like squirming in her pre her car seat. Cause she like, doesn't want to be sort of chained in. And so she's like obsessed that she has her seatbelt on and Darby just turns her and she goes like, Hey Tess, like you got to wear your seatbelt. Sorry, bitch. And like, <laughs> like, it's like the thing where it's like, I know I've said that to Darby, like when she's acting ridiculous, um, like, and she wants something, I'll be like, no, you can't have chocolate right now. Sorry, bitch. Like, I'll just say that because I'm like frustrated. So like, just to hear her like use it, like was just like, oh, wow. And it is weird. Cause like, I don't, 
I don't know, as like a comedian and a writer, like I don't find the words offensive. Like I, the amount that I swear in my day-to-day life is like very high, but it's also weird. Cause like in the real, real world, there's tons of other kids that aren't allowed to say the word stupid. They can't say something sucks. Like, you know, like parents find that very like sort of like alarming or like hurtful or whatever. But to me, I'm like, no, as long as you're not maliciously like you're not saying like hey mom fuck you or you're a fucking bitch like i'm like i don't care if you say fuck crazy or like you know <laughs> like whatever that is like so it is it's weird because it's like i don't know if i did the wrong thing in that moment it was just like oh you can swear as much as you want like i don't care or if it's like oh this was really bad and i'm just gonna have that kid that like swears <laughs> for their entire life you know you're just like i don't know and there's also this weird parenting thing, which is a lot of times if they have a bad behavior, most people will tell you like, ignore it. Because if you do call attention to it, then they understand it has power. But if you just let it go, they'll stop doing it because they're just like, Oh, this isn't eliciting the response I want. So like, same thing where it's like, I don't now when she says it, like, I don't say anything. Um, and then you just feel weird. Cause like, it's pandemic time. So she's not out in public, but I'm like, but if I was somewhere and she said it, like I'd have to do the performative thing of like, Oh, like, don't say that word. But I'm just like, Oh, like we say it all the time. Um, yeah. So it's like, that's like, just like the weird things where it's like in the moment I was like, Oh, I'm being brilliant. And just being like, say it as much as you want in the house. And then just, she just can't stop saying it. Yeah. I think it works if you're homeschooled. <laughs> or if, if, if like she's gonna be homeschooled forever you'll have less problems <laughs> yeah uh, she's in the, she does like a preschool online because she also she was speech delayed so she started speaking like way oh, late yeah. so she goes to a, like a special preschool for like other speech delayed kids so it's also like anytime she talks i don't want to like tell her to stop because i'm just like all we wanted for years is for you to like just talk freely right. and like express yourself um but the weird thing about her preschool also is she's the only girl in her class. So it's huh. all boys and then Darby. And there was a point where she was going to school with the kids and then the pandemic happened. And now like they're all on online, but it's like the same boys. And it's so weird to me because now like whenever they are like, okay, who gets to go next? The boys will always choose Darby. Like it's always like Darby's like the most popular. <laughs> and I don't I don't know if it's like because she's the only girl or if she really is like cool or whatever, but it is but like and it's always the go-to of like who's next? And they're always like Darby. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's like that, like that's always like just a weird, fascinating thing to me to be like, oh, everyone else in her class is male. And when I've asked, like, is that something to like speech delay? Does it tend to happen in boys? Like the teachers are always like, not really. But I'm like, that's weird because there's no other girls here. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. What did, uh, so when you made, you sort of said like you made this call, uh, what did, what did your husband have to say? What did Chris say? Uh, he was just like, I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) And now same thing, like now she'll sometimes just swear and it gets a rise. He'll be then be like, don't use that word. But, oh, so for example, so here's something, but I'm like, you can't be a hypocrite in these situations. So the other day, we're all like playing in our room, like on the ground, like kind of like roughhousing and just playing with the girls. And um, Darby just like leans over and like purposely farts in Chris's face <laughs> and like thinks it's so funny. And Chris immediately gets like pissed and is like, don't fart in my face. And then like five minutes later goes like, Hey Darby and grabs her and pushes her down towards his butt and like farts in her face. And he starts laughing. And I'm like, 
you're never allowed to scold her for farting again. Like <laughs> you can't scold her and literally do it like five minutes later. Like I was like, that's like, that's the, the logic loop that gets broken. So yeah, like, and my thing is I'm like, if we swear, because the only way to, to do it is then to be like, no one's allowed to swear, mm-hmm. but I'm not like not willing to give that up. Yeah. I wouldn't say I think of you, Amanda, as like someone who like, like, I don't know. I wouldn't think of you as like, ha- like having like a dirty, like a sailor's mouth or something like that. <laughs> but like, I do sort of like, I'm like, when you, when you brought it up, I was like, oh yeah, Amanda likes to swear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do yeah. too. I think I notice it most when I'm in a situation with new people. Like yeah. I went, I did punch up on a script and the way I was like describing my ideas was like, yeah, it's like fucking this. And, and then it's like, no, fuck away. And I just realized I was like, Oh wait, no one else in this room is swearing. Mm-hmm. And it was just weird. But I was like, but why? Like, we're like, this isn't, we're not doing anything sensitive or like, yeah, like it was a weird, it was a weird moment to be like, Oh, like I'm now self-conscious, even though I'm in a room of other comedians, we're all writers, mm-hmm. but I didn't know them. And then it became very clear to me that they all were wearing really nice clothes. Like I was like, oh, you guys have all been writing for a while on major shows. So you're all wealthy. And I was like, and then there's like me and Ali Beardsley <laughs> was there. And like, I was just like, oh yeah. like, we're the two like kind of like scrappy UCB people. <laughs> and yeah, and it was like, it's just an interesting thing just to be like, oh, this is weird. Cause my work experience has been like working with like some of my closer friends. So I'm also just like, Oh yeah, I can feel totally myself around them. Yeah. Can I ask a a question? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, wait, so yeah, it would be bizarre to see your kid because they kind of start like reflecting your your mannerisms and stuff as mm-hmm. well. And st- like, has there been like a bunch of stuff or, or other times that you're like, oh, I didn't even realize I did that? Uh, I don't know. Like, like there's like stuff where like, like the other day she was doing something silly and Chris was like, you're so silly Darby. And she went, no, I'm being cool. And it was just like, Oh, like, oh, you okay. say that like, a lot. No, but just like the idea of like, <laughs> was like the va- like she valued coolness. And I was like, Oh, yeah. I think I value, like, I'm like, yeah, I would rather be considered cool than like silly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the sorry bitch was like, that was the biggest one of just like, sorry, bitch. Like that was like right in my face, but like, um, <laughs> Oh, like, it's like, I don't, it's also weird because I have my husband, my husband's Italian and um, he has dark hair and dark eyes. And so then like my kids have darker hair and dark eyes and that trips me out because I always thought my kids would look like me. So it's weird because I'm like, yeah, if you saw Darby, you wouldn't be like, that's Amanda's kid, you know, like, whereas like there's other kids that I'd be like, oh, yeah, like we always joke that like my niece looks like she's mine. And then my my kids look like they're my brother's kids because his wife has like dark hair and stuff. But like, um, yeah, so it's like weird in that sense where it's like weird also to be like, oh, yeah, like she's not instantly recognizable as mine. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, yeah, you know. <laughs> I I honestly, it's funny you say that because I notice myself cursing when I'm around kids. Mm. That's when I'm like, I whoopsie daisy. Like, <laughs> um, specifically, like my my girlfriend has cousins that are like, you know, between the ages of eight and twelve, and I'll be like, 
I was hanging out with them like last year. <laughs> and I, I can't tell you how many times, like, that's when I'm like, man, I swear, like, I swear all the time. I swear without yeah. thinking about it. Uh, it's also like in pandemic times, like they, there's something also, I think parents are just being pushed to limits with their kids that they've never been to before. Mm-hmm. Where like, I know a few parents who are truly with their kids 24 seven, but like most of us aren't. Like mm-hmm. most of us have like either they're going to a school program or, or something like that. But like to suddenly be like, Oh no, like there is no separation between me, myself and my kids anymore. Like it's, it feels bizarre. So then in turn, I feel like you act differently, like where you're like, Oh, I'm going to like talk, like have conversations with my husband in front of them that like, I probably wouldn't otherwise, mm-hmm. or like get frustrated about things and just be like, cause it's more like the stuff she parrots is more like if some, something goes wrong and you're like, Oh fuck. And then you'll hear her in the other room go like, Oh fuck. And you're just like, oh, okay, <laughs> great. Like, um, but yeah, it's bizarre. Like, I don't know. Like, do you have opinion on that Jake as like somebody who works with kids as far as like, whether you think you should swear in front of kids or not. Um, I mean, I, uh, I think it, I don't think it matters. Uh, I think the tricky thing is like, they're your kids and it's like, great. Uh, but I don't have kids of my own. So it's always been other people's kids. So I always defer to the most conservative, uh, sort of like the thing that's going to get me in the least amount of trouble. Right. So like, uh, I would love to like work with parents that are like, yeah, we curse at home or whatever, but it's like, you have, those parents also it like i don't know it's very obvious but it all it's like the parent you're going to hear from is the parent who doesn't swear at home or whatever like uh yeah yeah, yeah. so it, it's kind of like uh and the thing i noticed is like i used to be pretty good at like code switching um but it ended up just uh I, I ended up like, I think I just swear less now because it was like, it just became easier to do one than the other. And so like, I yeah. think that idea that you're talking about of like not wanting to give it up is like, God, yeah, I wish. Like, I I think, and I coached a, uh, I did improv for a group of pastors. Like, uh, what? they like came down. Uh, yeah, and they like, they got a grant from their church to explore like different like cultural and art things to like bring into their um, sermons and stuff like that. Like different ways to like uh, expand it. Uh, and I was like very conscious of not swearing. And I mm-hmm. said shit at one point and then i or i stopped myself and i was like i don't know like you can play with all kinds of different like uh shit and then i was like uh, and they were like it's okay uh which i was like i wonder if for them they're like nobody ever swears around us uh so um but yeah my thing is like i probably do it very little teaching improv and stuff like that because it just became like habit and then i couldn't uh i just had to be deliberate about it and yeah then it became on autopilot which is Um, like i i mean i taught improv for years and like at ucb like the first day i tell them like my biggest rule in improv is you're not allowed to be a dick and then like usually kids are like ha 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 but i'm like oh yeah like i and it sets the tone to be like i will be swearing in this class like if you 
don't like it, but I'm also like everyone in my classes tends to be an adult. If there were like a 14 year old kid in my class, I've only had, I think one time where I had a younger student. Um, but like, yeah, like I just like, and then I'll, when I worked with kids, yeah, like obviously you would change it. Um, yeah. but going back to like the pastor thing, like my uncle was a Catholic priest and he fucking smoked and drank every day of his life. Like, <laughs> like when I imagine like my uncle, he's sitting with a scotch and a cigarette. And so it's like funny to me. Cause I'm just like, Oh, I think this like big theme for me right now in life is that all these people that you're taught who are supposed to be like these altruistic, perfect people. Like you realize like, no, there's human beings who make mistakes. Like, um, like, uh, I don't know. Are you still on that email chain, Josh? No. Oh, I, I like send this thing on the email chain the other day, which is like, my husband's a nurse. And he was telling the story of a nurse at his hospital was like, taking like a heavy pain medication into a syringe and they were doing it like in an inappropriate place. Like, so there were other people around, but she was like loading a syringe up with like this, it's called Dilaudid. It's like this crazy fucking pain medication. And when she went to clear the syringe to make sure there was no air in it, she pushed it and some squirted out and it ended up hitting another nurse in the fucking eye. And he ended up, he just passed out because he just got like hit with like, basically like a shot of heroin in the eye which is like Whoa. and like it's just like this crazy thing where you're like oh but i always thought nurses were like perfect you know the same way like right. oh we assume pastors are perfect and never swear or we assume like mm-hmm. all these things and it's just like nah dude like everyone's just human and to me like to those parents that if i got a call that was like so and so's upset because like darby said the f word in front of them like i would just be like there's bigger shit to worry about you guys. Like, <laughs> you know, like, like did, did she do anything mean to your child? Did she push your child? Did she bully your child? Like, did she do something like that? Like that would be so much more of a concern to me yeah. than anything else. Like, and I always felt like my friends who were the most like repressed or like held down the most religious, like tended to be the craziest where it was like, mm-hmm. Oh, those are my friends who ended up in jail. Those are the ones. Cause anytime <laughs> they had too many limitations, they just imploded. Yeah. That's like the classic tale of the pastor's kid. I grew up in the churches and like the pastor's kids are always the crazy ones. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, That's interesting. This is not really relevant, but my, my childhood pastor, uh, he follows me on Twitter. I've mentioned that multiple times in the show. (laughs) And he is like, surprisingly like, like, more closer to my politics than anyone else from my past. (laughs) Like, like he like responds to me and like gets the jokes and like has a sense of humor. And I was like, man, I was nervous when this guy started following me, but like he is on board. (laughs) And it's like, (laughs) uh, it's kind of nice. Excuse me. Uh, Um, uh, Mrs. Betzler, uh, your son, Mikey, Mm -hmm. um, he said something kind of, I guess I would just say alarming, uh, during snack time, um, uh, um, you know, after in kindergarten, um, uh, he said and I'm not quoting this exactly right, but it was something, it was along the lines of uh, we, I asked the class what they thought of the election. And he said, um, 
he said, uh, Democrat, Republican, it's all an illusion of choice uh, being forced down um, uh, the American people's throats. Uh, and that until we get rid of the idea of capital capital and the endless pursuit of capital, uh, that we're never really going to prosper or come together as a nation. Do you have any idea where he got something like that? Um, well, first of all, uh, that you nailed it. That's, that's probably that is not exactly, what I think. I'm a proud Republican. Well, that's, that's, you know, that's how we feel in our household. And uh, that, that is a direct quote from me. I think you should, you should give him a gold star for that. Fucking genius. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I don't know what you'd consider those types of beliefs. Is it just like, is that, is that anarchist? Is that, um, Communist? I, I don't. I think it's socialist with a with a dash of um, optimism. Um, you think that's optimistic? I think it is optimistic. I think it's. I think I'm. I feel optimistic that there is a solution, and I'm glad Mikey is also feeling that way as well. Okay. Well, aside, my personal politics aside, yeah, I will just say that it frightens some of the other children. Um, in the classroom, um, because we've been just trying to teach about like the basic building block blocks of democracy. We sort of teach which like, we need to tear down and we need to break in half. He those did buildings. do that. Yeah, that's great. I, I did. I had people. I had the students put a block um, if they were going to vote for Trump, or a block if they'd vote for friendly Joe Biden. Um, uh, and your Mikey came in and rode a scooter over the whole thing and said, burn, 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 watch it all burn. Mm. Uh, That's I'm not going to tell you how to raise your kid, but I would like to tell you to advise you to maybe just think of the stuff you teach your son, Mikey, uh, and uh, know that he's going to carry that with him and repeat some of it. Okay. I, I hear you. And I thank you for not, uh, telling me how to parent. Um, but at the same time, I offer you this. Okay. If we don't teach our youth to break down our norms, then we'll never, never have change. And so I'm glad that he didn't, he didn't set anything on fire. Oh, he he did. Okay. Well, that, that's, I do, that is a, that's a conversation worth having. I think at some point the, I, I'm happy the fire probably did not spread. It did. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> we were doing a puppet show. We were going over uh, the shapes. Um, I have my little puppets, Marty and uh, Marty. Cali- and, Tal- and what'd you say? Oh, I was going to say Calliope. He talks about it all the time. Marty and Calliope. Yeah. Marty and Calliope were going over uh, shapes and colors. He tore down the front of the booth. He said, um, look at the, these are the teacher's hands. Um, life is an illusion. Wake up. And then he lit the puppet curtains on fire um, and pulled down my pants in front of all the students, which uh, is a whole <laughs> We got to uh, Josh in his classroom. Uh, another parent comes in. What the hell is going on in this kindergarten classroom? My kid's get, getting excellent for his shapes and colors, and he got a concern grade for democracy and politics. This is kindergarten, you asshole. 
I am concerned. I am concerned. Now you came running in here. You did not have an appointment. You came barging in with curses of flying uh, towards yours truly. And I do have concerns about uh, uh, Teddy's uh, attitude towards democracy. Cause what happened? He doesn't know what it is yet. Uh, I think he does know what it is because he hates it. Uh <laughs> We did our classroom vote for Friendly Joe or or uh, Lucky Donald, as we call him, <laughs> and, and we we tallied the votes. And after another student came by and drove a scooter over the top of them, um, uh, Teddy collected all of the bricks for himself and said, "I'm in charge now." Uh, and then he started. Uh, giving orders as a dictator might. He w- uh, doesn't know what a dictator is. No, These are your ballots. I set them on fire and throw them in the it. trash oh, can. Oh, oh. <laughs> Another fire. Luckily, I'm used to fires by now. What you just did, setting fire to ballots, is a classic fascist dictator move. Okay. I'm not making a dictator fascist move. I'm showing you that this is a kindergarten class. If he knows his shapes and colors, if he's getting along with the other kids, he's play. I'll talk to him about saying I am in charge and throwing well, then- bricks at kids. If that's what happened. <laughs> well, throwing bricks, no collecting them for himself. He did throw some and he did. Um, when I tried to correct him on his fascist behavior, he locked me in the child's bathroom for the, uh, entire Labor Day weekend. Uh, I missed this bathroom. <laughs> yes, with the little toilet for kids. Jesus Christ! And he wrote sh- stuff and shit on the walls. No, that was me. <laughs> I, I. It was a long weekend. It was just me in there. Uh, I didn't want to make a sound. I was. I feared the whole time that Teddy was outside with his guards listening for me. It looks um, like the window is open. <laughs> is it? Is it? Uh, okay, I didn't see that. Didn't see that. Could have gotten out the window. Get sure. Control sure. over your I, kindergarten class. I, to be clear, this was not a part of the kindergarten class. This was a long holiday weekend that I spent alone in here because of your fascist sons. Um, He's not a fascist. He oh, he's not. That is no. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't. No, he doesn't. He well, he was that. certainly acting like a fascist. Uh, We're a he, farts in the face family, okay? We don't talk about politics at the dinner table. We fart in each other's faces, okay? So, well, that's not I'm, a surprise. <laughs> Come here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we cut to a writer's room um, and uh, two two people are talking. Uh, I'm I'm just going to ask you this. Um, sure. sure. What's up? Is everyone in there talking about how much my sweater probably cost? Oh, uh, OK. Um, uh, Anna, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Okay, I because I was getting looks and I started thinking about it and I was like, this was sixteen ninety nine at Target and it's obvious. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, listen, Anna, uh, Jake wrote for four years on you, me, and Mike. 
Okay, Josh, he wrote on the singletons. <laughs> I'm coming off. I mean, yeah, it's a cable show, but I'm coming off of Mama Knows. So <laughs> we have some money under our belts, right? I know that you mm-hmm. you just you were a writer's assistant for a long time. Yeah. Your first big job as a staff writer. But you can't show up here in Target clothes, all right? It makes you look like a fucking asshole. I I thought this would be kind of a casual environment. I, I I've worked with friends most oh, of the time. I, it's casual. It's casual. This tracksuit I'm wearing <laughs> is the most casual thing I own, and it costs five hundred dollars. <laughs> All right. So I'm gonna ask you this, and okay. please don't be offended. Okay. Do you have credit card debt? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Of course. Everyone. Oh. Has some credit card debt, right? Okay. Uh, no, no. You'll see when you get us to a certain point, the idea of like lending is moot. You know what I mean? I get residuals. All right. I'm coming off of Mama's nose. I wrote two episodes of The Stingers. All right. Not to mention me, my mama. And Jack, all right. So those things just every day I open my my open my mailbox. There's a big fat green envelope from the WGA filled with residual checks. Sometimes I don't even cash them. I'm telling you, you're about to make a lot of money. All right, that is going to happen for you. I but come we- cruising in on a jetpack, <laughs> uh, gold dusted beignet. It's Casual Friday, gold dusted beignet. <laughs> What's up, Jake? Yeah, can you go put that on uh, my throne? Yeah, you got it. Not a problem. Uh, I'm going to have to leave early. I'm doing a little punch up on Ding Dong Billies. Uh, 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 they got me in for a two episode arc. I'm going to do a little punch up on that. All right. Uh, see you later. You, me and Mikey. <laughs> wow. That was insane. I, I have so much to learn from you guys, but at the same time, what a waste. What a waste? How so? Yeah. So, we could be using that money to, you know, make our own projects. We're writers, right? That's, that's our own projects. <laughs> like, like student films. What are you saying? <laughs> like a student film with a real budget, like a movie. Oh God. Okay. First off, television writers, script writers, feature writers, very different beasts, okay? (laughs) If you want to sit alone in your apartment and hate yourself, write features, okay? (laughs) If you want to have a good time and spend some fucking cash, get yourself in a writer's room. I did. I'm I'm, I'm here. I'm excited. Great. Great. Then how about this? I'm going to ask everyone to just chill out for an hour. You and I are going to walk across the street. I want you to buy the most expensive vape in that weed shop, <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I'm not in a place to be doing that right now. Wait, I haven't gotten. Wait, Anna, you smoke weed, right? I'm some time to time. Okay, I like first to off, smoke. everyone here comes to work high. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> you better come to work high, girl. So let's walk across right now to the herbarium, and we're gonna get high. <laughs> You're gonna buy the most expensive vape they have. No questions asked. And then you cut to the. <laughs> I was just gonna say we see Amanda get on a like a chromed out segue <laughs> to go across the street. I lightly jog by it. 
<laughs> we right, cut to we the go. herbarium. What's up, bud tender? <laughs> Hello. Welcome to the herbarium. Um, before I uh, admit you, I would like to know uh, your t- credits. None. <laughs> None? I have no credit. I don't owe anyone any money. No, I said credits. Like oh, t- credits. T- oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I almost <laughs> shot you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little high. Okay, so working on... Me, you, and Mikey. I did two episodes on the Sting Bings. Take us back. Do you remember the uh, the Sting Bings? Is that on Vubu? Yes, Sting Bings on Vubu. About to start streaming on Yang Hong. And then also, <laughs> I've got ten episodes of Genuine Family. Then take us back to Common Spaces. Then we did the spinoff of Common Places. You may also see some of my work. Uh, and some later projects going back in the day when I was really young, like... Um, have, have you worked on any of the Mama shows? Oh, Mama Heard, Mama Say, Mama <laughs> Do, Mama watch all of those. Right this way. Thank you. You are Herbarium royalty. Thank and you, you, ma'am, the one sweating. <laughs> yeah, um, so I, I have one credit, which is uh, I'm a writer's assistant on Yumi and Mikey. And I have... 38 four minute long student films <laughs> all about college. Okay, you're looking for a liquor store. I'm vouching for her. I'm vouching for her. She's coming in. She's coming in for a good I'm, minute, I'm, right? I'm trying to break in. She's taking me under her wing a little bit. Uh, it's been a wild day. I just want, I guess, mellow weed. I get a little panicky. I just want a little mellow weed to fit in. The uh, the like metal comes down over the windows and the doors. There's an announcement. Uh, there's a small security issue out front. Uh, we're going to be locked inside here momentarily while they call the fire department. There appeared to be a, a small fire in the parking lot. Uh, should not be very long at all. Okay. I'm going to take my shirt off now. <laughs> Because I want to be on the right side of history here. No one wants that Target sweater in here anyway. <laughs> I fucking, I knew you could notice it. You noticed it? You noticed the sweater? right? Of when course I we noticed. Yes. Fuck. You came in here screaming student film. Okay. Uh, I have a quick question, bud tender. Mm-hmm. Are there any pastries other than edibles? Uh, let me ask Kara. Mm-hmm. Kara, did you bring any pastries this morning? Uh, yes, I brought uh, I brought some pastries. Bring them in because they've locked us inside because of the fire. I don't know if you you heard. Well, we're not supposed to put them out till Friday. Uh, who's asking? Kara, he takes off his belt. <laughs> Give me the pastries. I'm following protocol. There is no protocol. We're in the middle of a disaster. <laughs> I'm still supposed to follow protocol. Is that a white woman uh, exercising her privilege for these blueberry scones? Uh, I'm a television writer who's female. (laughs) Yes, I'm white. All right, that'll do it for this episode of The Meat Improv. Uh, Thank you so much for being on, Amanda and Anna. Thank you both. That That was was so fun fun to play. uh, let's uh, let's go around and plug stuff. So, uh, Amanda, what do you what do you want to tell our audience about? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Amanda Sitko. Although I'm 
the type of person who doesn't tweet a ton. <laughs> so that's probably for the best. Tweet. <laughs> I'm like glued to it lately, to, which <laughs> I've I've become addicted to TikTok in a really sad housewife kind of way. <laughs> I think that's probably the next one I'm going to look at. Whatever, uh, but uh, yeah, check out. We'll, uh, we'll 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 tweet your handle as well, so our followers can follow you, uh, Anna. Um, well, I have a TikTok. I'll be, follow, but I have like three videos. Um, so yeah, you can follow me on Instagram, Anna Betzaler, A N N A B E Z A H L E R, or. Uh, at we Improv with Jake. Yeah. <laughs> Jake? Yeah. Uh, yeah, see, uh, Anna at We Improv. Uh, Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesday nights, we got show. You can go to twitch.tv slash We Improv. Um, or uh, check out weimprov.net. Uh, that's about it. Awesome. I'm at Josh Simpson on Instagram and Josh Simpson on Twitter. Um, I post my videos there and on my YouTube channel, Lazy Susan. Great new uh, video out. Great new video. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I played. can't believe that Mark Vicente commented on your video. I loved it so much. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think he's just looking for any sort of... Like, I commented at him slightly thinking like he might not like it, but I honestly think that... Uh, the people from the vow are sort of like just trying to have any sort of positive thing like the, the people i'm talking about the hbo show the vow specifically yeah i think that those people are maybe a little complicit so like when there's any sort of <laughs> yeah i also feel there's something about because they're all trying to be actors or in the entertainment industry there's a little bit of like oh they really enjoy being on camera yeah <laughs> yeah like, a little bit like oh, okay especially the uh woman from dynasty i'm like oh you enjoy this a lot yeah, yeah. um well thank you uh yeah i got a new one out where it's uh i play harlan hill and briscoe kane uh uh <laughs> the tiny little guys in philadelphia <laughs> um so anyways check that out um and the meet is on all the social media platforms and we also got a patreon patreon.com slash the meet improv thank you so much for listening um be safe out there and we'll see you next time on the meet the meet improv Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.